Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan nihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, mag-uusapan natin ang madugot, violenteng bakas na iiwan ni Pangulong Rodrigo Duterte pagkatapos na kanyang termino. Libo-libo na ang namatay sa ilalim ng kanyang war on drugs sa kamay ng mga pulis at libo-libo na rin ang mga buhay na kinitel ng mga hindi pa nakikilalang mga suspect. Bakit hanggang ngayon ay wala pa rin hustisya para sa mga biktima at kanilang mga pamilya? Anong nangyari sa mga pangako ng gobyerno, particularly ng Department of Justice, na pinagmamayabang noon na i-review nila ang drug war ni Duterte? Anong asahan natin sa Marcos administration tungkol sa isyong ito? Talakayin natin ang isyong ito kasama ang dalawang Raptor reporters sa susundan ang War on Drugs Duterte. Una is ang reporter na si Rambo Talabong who covered the killings and the War on Drugs and other issues related to this. Hi Rambo, thank you for joining me today. Hello Sudas, thank you for inviting me. Kasama rin natin ang justice reporter na Raptor na si Lian Buwan. Hi Lian, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Judas, for having us again. Another topic, another discussion on the drug war. Yes, after so long, after the elections, balik tayo sa mga issue na magiging importante ngayong mapasok na administrasyon. So let's begin, no? Rambo, before we dive further into this issue na pag-uusapan natin, pwede mo ba ipaalala sa amin or sa ating audience kung gaano na bakalala ang War on Drugs in Duterte? Ano yung mga statistics na nakukuha natin so far? Mm-hmm. Gaano kalala ang War on Drugs ni Pangulong Duterte? Lampas. 7,000 na ang pinatay ng pulis. Aminado silang pumatay sila ng lampas 7,000. Sabi nila ng laban nitong mga taong ito. Tapos, tansya ng human rights groups, lampas sa 30,000. 30,000 ang pinatay na sa Pilipinas. Ito'y biktima ng uh, police operation. Pero kahit yung mga patay na sabi nila ay inspired ng pananalita ni President Duterte. Alam mo, Judes, tinatanong mo kung gaano ba kalala itong gyera kontra droga ni Pangulong Duterte. Pero kailangan natin tandaan ng kung gaano man dito kalala, kung gaano kalakas ang impact nito sa buhay ng mga Pilipino ilampas dito sa datos na ito. Marami mga pamilya na walang talaga ng mga mahal sa buhay, hindi na babalik. At marami ding nangyaring danyos sa ating sistemang panligal at saka sistema kung saan ang mga Pilipino ay makakakamit ng hustisya. Pwede siguro ng pag-usapan yan ni Lian mamaya. And you mentioned kanina yung statistics, no? But as always, as lagi natin parang sa reporting natin na hindi lang numero ito mga biktima. Sila yung mga tao, may pamilya, may buhay na kinitil ng gobyerno na walang awang pinagpapatay ng mga pulis. Rambo, hindi lang, hindi lang natatapos sa pagkamatay ng mga pulis at ng mga biktima ang kanilang paghihirat ng pamilya nila. Dahil, of course, this will translate into more challenges faced by the families sa pagkalat ng hustisya. You wrote a series of stories on this, particularly yung sa death certificates. Can you tell us about this story, issue na iyong mga sinundan noong nakaraang buwan? Okay, so sinundan natin kung ano ba ang nga, ano ba nangyari sa mga Pilipino na biktima ng gera kontra droga ni Pangulong Duterte. Kasi naaalala natin, ang mga biktima ay palaging mga patay, tapos na yon magluloksa ang mga tao. Pero hindi ito natatapos ang storya. Hindi natatapos ang storya sa patayan lamang. Ang kwento ng kamatayan ay hindi natatapos sa pagbabaril sa kanila at pag-iiwan sa kanila, pagko-cover ng media, paglibing sa kanila. Ang kanilang kwento ay patuloy na nangyayari kahit na sila'y nailibing. At ito nga nangyari, ang mga biktima ng gera kontra droga ni Pangulong Duterte ay patuloy na nahihirapan, patuloy na kakadama ng mga kasakitan, patuloy na naglulok sa mga pamilya, lampas sa araw ng kamatayan at umaabot ito ng taon at talampas pa ito sa pagkapangulo ni Duterte. Anong story ang ginawa natin? Ang mga tao na inilibing sa gera kontra droga, wala silang pambayan para 
na ilibing na matagal ang mga pinatay sa gyera kontra droga. Pinapaalis sila sa mga sementeryo kasi wala silang pambayad. Kailangan nilang kumala pa ng pera. At ang mga taong wala talagang pera, hinahayaan na lang mawala ang kanilang mahal sa buhay, ang kanilang mga bangkay, kanilang mga buto, tinatapon na lamang. Isang level ng kawalan ng hustisya, no? hindi mo mahahanap sa ibang bahagi ng mundo. Imagine mo, wala na nga hustisya sa pagpatay sa kanila noong buhay sila, wala pang hustisya sa kanilang kamatayan. Tinatapon ng mga buto, walang pag-asa para mahanap kung sino pumatay sa kanila. At ito ay kwentong patuloy na nangyayari ngayon. Ang mga pinatay noong 2016, noong 2017, patuloy silang hinuhukay ngayon at hindi pa rin nahahanap ang mga pumapatay sa kanila. Ang kwento ng gyero kontra droga ay lalampas sa pagkapangulo ni Duterte. Hindi dapat natin ito titigilan. Kaya ang ating ginawang storya ay simula pa lamang ng kwento kung paano at kung gaano kalala ang iniwang danyos ni Pangulong Duterte sa ating mga buhay. Bigyan mo ng konteksto yung nangyayari ngayon na from the crime scene to the night that they died up to the even years after they were killed, yung paghukay ng mga bangkay nila kasi nga hindi na kayang i-renew yung mga lease sa mga sementeryo. What does this say about the level of impunity under this administration? Nawawala na ba pretense of trying to due process ng Duterte government? Kasi of course, parang in the span of six years, they can do so much, but hindi nila nagawa. At ngayon na parang unti-unti pa lumalabas yung mga marami pang issue, ano nang sinasabi ito tungkol sa gobyerno? Ano ba sinasabi nito tungkol sa ating gobyerno? Ayun, sinama. Matagal na namang sira talaga ito. Pinakita naman ito. Lagi na ito sinasabi, Judes, na sirang-sira talaga ang ating sistema ang hustisya. Talagang walang hustisya na hahanap ang mga tao. Ang dami nating storya dyan. Talagang sinasabi ng gobyerno, hindi nagko-cooperate si HR, hindi talaga magaling ang ating Department of Justice, ang ating Code of Supreme, hindi tumutulong dito sa mga biktimang ito. Pero sa akin siguro dahil tinitingnan natin itong gyera kontra droga sa kwento ni Pangulong Duterte at paalis na siya, itong gyera kontra droga talaga ay pinapakita rin na ang ating bansa ay hinahayaan itong mangyari. Nakayang sigmurain ng ating bansa ng mga Pilipino ang pagpatay sa kapwa Pilipino na natiling sikat pa rin si Pangulong Duterte hanggang sa huli. Sikat pa rin ang gyera kontra droga hanggang sa huli. Ramdam nilang kapayapaan, handa silang ipagpalit ang dugo ng kapwa Pilipino. Handa silang ipalit ang dugo ng kanilang mga kapitbahay kasi sila mismo ay hindi naapektuhan. Malinis ang ating mga kalsada. Uh, mas tahimik ngayon ang ating mga ang ating mga kapitbahay, ang ating samahan. Pero ang kapalit nito ay dugo hanggang sa kulisikat pa rin ito. At hindi naman sa tuwan-tuwa ang mga Pilipino. Pero sapat ito kung saan ang mga Pilipino ay tahimik hanggang sa huli. Tayo, kinekwento pa rin natin itong kwentong to. May mga nagsasabi na mahalaga pa rin ito, pero ang ating mga kapwa Pilipino, certainly, syempre, ang mga tao rin sa gobyerno na pinaglalaban itong gyera kontra droga. At syempre, para kay Pangulong Duterte, ang gyera kontra droga ay sulit. Sulit ang pagpalit na ito. Dugo na mamamayan para sa katahimikan ng bansa. Maraming salamat, Rambo, sa pagbibigay sa atin ng mas on-the-ground look sa nangyayaring war on drugs si Duterte na hindi pa rin natapos ngayon kahit na napaharami na namatay. Lian, punta naman tayo sa Department of Justice. Pwede mo bang ipaalala sa amin, sa atin, sa audience natin, kung ano nga ba itong drug war review panel at ano ang aim nito, at least according to the Justice Secretary, when it was first launched? Bago yun, ang bigat ng sinabi ni Rambo, no? Parang uh, ang hirap. I think as we transition to the next government, parang ta- talagang buong bayan mag-self-reflect on what values we hold if we think that the drug campaign was a success. If we feel safer in our streets, if yung neighbors natin hindi na nag-a-addict na dati, ganun, 
maybe that's one thing to view it. But if we tag as a success someone who was killed and a parent who was left childless or a child who was left fatherless or motherless. Kailangan nating mag-self-reflect kung ano bang value yung mahalaga sa atin. Anyway, Judes, the drug war review was opened or at least announced in June 2020. Bandang mga time na to, this was at the start of the pandemic, bandang nung mga time na to, we were all at the edge of our seats waiting what the ICC prosecutor would do that was by at the time still Prosecutor Fatou Bensouda. Kaya it came as a surprise to us as wala siyang announcement that Secretary Menardo Guevara announced the United Nations Human Rights Council that the government was opening a drug review and it was very pretty clear from that speech that it was to keep the International Criminal Court at bay kasi ayon sa prinsipyo ng Rome Statute kapag gumagana ang domestic system sa Pilipinas at mapatunayan nilang meron namang hustisya dito at kaya ng mga investigador dito na naisolve yung mga kaso ng patayan then walang jurisdiction ng ICC or there's no need for the ICC to enter the frame. So that's what the speech was all about in June 2020 at the UNHRC. It was through a virtual payon na speech ni Secretary Guevara. And it had the promise of reinvestigating the killings that happened in legitimate police operations. Itong sasabihin ko next was not said explicitly by Secretary Guevara and of course they will never say it because it would be an admission. Pero it shattered this presumption of regularity that was repeatedly invoked year after year after year by the police officers in the Duterte administration. Pag natatanong sila kung bakit namatay to, bakit may namatay na tatlo or walo or even dozen in one operation, they will always hide beneath this concept of presumption of regularity. They are law enforcers. They know the law. Sila yung nadon. It's their lives that were at stake. Sila yung tumingin sa barrel of a gun. Allegedly, so for so many years they hid behind presumption of regularity. But with the opening of the drug war review, it shattered the ganon classing illusion that there was a presumption of regularity. Because effectively, what the drug war review was going to do was look at the potential irregularity. So wala ng presumption, but it was a good, very good fantasy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ako, honestly, umasa talaga ako. I mean, we noted some of the misgivings and apprehension of the human rights community both here and abroad. Pero ako bilang reporter or even bilang tao at bilang Pilipino, umasa ako. Na-fulfill ba yung promise na yun? That's another discussion yeah. altogether. I was going to ask you that in the next question. Parang considering all that you said, ngayon less than a month na lang before the new administration and before a new secretary comes in na-achieve ba nila itong sinasabi nilang punto ng panel na to? Kasi you mentioned nga kanina na it was full of promise. It was promising. Tingin mo ano yung pinakabalakid sa at least specific to this panel na hindi nila na-achieve yung gusto nilang gawin? Sabi nila, ang pinakabalakid sa gusto nilang gawin ay the lack of witnesses. Paano nga naman sila magkikase build up kung walang testigong lalapit sa kanila? That would hinder evidence building. Mahirap magbuo ng kaso na wala kang testigo. But with due respect to the Department of Justice, to the prosecutors, and even to the secretary, there was really a lack of genuineness and sincerity and even will, yung political will to do everything. In the first place, if they wanted to review the drug war, why start in 2020? It's too late. 
it was really, really too late. And by that time, there was already a culture of fear na mamayag pagang takot sa bawat Pilipino who would give them, offer themselves to be witness, for their names to be on record, for their faces to be there in the gallery of the court facing, or even not the court, uh, in the hearing room of the DOJ facing these police officers who can and probably will get back to them in their communities na wala na silang protection ng media, wala na silang protection ng lawyer. Would you blame people if they don't want to become witnesses? If they don't want to become witnesses, oo, mahirap yun. Mahirap tanggapin and probably you can cite that as hindi naman natin masisisang gobyerno, walang testigo. But who made these people fear yeah. for their safety? Sino ba? So parang ano, no, pinunta nila yung sarili nila sa gitong sitwasyon. Sila yung nagbigay ng external factors, the climate of fear, culture of impunity, and they will expect people to come forward kung alam nila na yung mga possible killers ay mga police sa community nila. Di ba nga marami rin tayo nakausap ng mga pamilya na in the aftermath of the death of their loved ones, they left their homes, lumipat sila ng mga lugar, yeah. ng mga community, leaving their livelihood, leaving the place that they know all their lives. Parang... Everything is against the odds ginagawa nila. Parang everything is not in the favor of the families. And it's up to the government sana to step up and do their thing. Do you think, Leon, it's a lack of political will? I think Rambo can also answer that. Like, pagkukulang sa political will, hindi lang ba talaga nasa priority ng gobyerno na gawin itong pag-iimbestiga sa drug war? At, kasi nga, di ba, we know na everything will lead up to the power, to the power that be, that the president. Do you think it, this factors in? That's the constant line of human rights groups. How can you trust the DOJ drug war panel? Paano mo sila pagkakatiwalaan to investigate this fully if in their mind, the thesis would be this would all lead up to President Duterte. President Duterte is their boss. Diba? Parang how could that ever be impartial, yung investigation na yun? And alam mo, paulit-ulit kung tanong to eh, sabi ko, in the course of your investigation, would you ask this question? Did this come from an instruction of a general or President Duterte? Or did President Duterte's speeches embolden you to pull the trigger? Did that embolden you to kill knowing that you would be protected? Tapos, hindi naman direkta yung mga naging sagot sa akin. They always say, you know, if we get to that, of course, we will ask it. No, my question is, are you gonna ask it? Tatanungin niyo ba yun? And I, I never really had a direct answer to that. And we come here now, one month left for President Rodrigo Duterte. Ilan yung nakiyat nila sa korte? Lima. Five cases out of 7,000 killings. How is that? Parang... Ano yun? Lima out of 7,000? Even lima out of 52? 52 kasi yung ano nila eh, yung parang yeah. baseline data nila. Even five out of 52 seems absurd. Five out of 7,000, it's unacceptable. Mas marami pang na, na file or na bring forward na cases ng CHR with its limited resources. Correct. Correct. And you would be the expert on that. <laughs> Rambo, same question then. And also, itutuho ko na rin yung next question ko na, do you believe that the PNP really intended to investigate their regularities and their operations? I know, di ba, they have the Human Rights Office, they have the IAS, na marami mga kaso na from CHR na forward sa IAS. Admittedly, I think marami ito kasi marami papasok sa administrative cases aside from the criminal cases. Tingin mo, they had the will to do this pa or... Uh, they know from the start na it will be it's like going against their own families na na but but ko investigahan ng sarili kong mga colleagues mm the proof is in the pudding chudas kita mo naman ko ano nangyari hindi na nating kailangan isa-isahin sila did you intend did you intend to investigate of course di sila aamin pero makikita mo sa kanilang output pero mas sila na investigahan na maayos 
out of the thousands, thousands of killings. Ilan ang conviction, di ba? Isa lang naman nahanapan, di ba? Kailangan magkaroon ng milagro na mayroong CCTV camera na nakatutok at a certain angle na nakita ang isang bata kinakaladkat bago siya pinatay. It, it only happened. It's one in a million, one in thousands and thousands of cases. Bakit ganun? Bakit kailangan may milagro pa? Bakit kailangan pang magtagpo-tagpo ang tadhana para lamang makakita at magkaroon ng conviction? Ganun ba talaga kahirap pakahadap ng hostisya dito sa bansang ito? Kailangan maging swerte ka. Kailangan mayroong ganoong pangyayari bago matulak ang polis na galingan sa investigasyon, bago sila sibakin, bago sila iharap sa Senado, iharap sa publiko. Kailangan ba mangyari ito lahat? Hindi dapat ganito eh. Kung ginagalingan talaga nila, kung meron silang intensyon na gawin ito, dapat hindi nakukuha ang hostisya sa pagiging swerte. Dapat nakukuha ang hostisya dahil karapat-dapat tayong lahat. Before I go further into this issue, gusto kong tanongin, di ba, parang next questions ko itong call na sa moving forward. Bago tayo mapunta doon, gusto nang paalala, yung latest report ng CHR, ng Commission on Human Rights, yung CHR mandated siya by the, gov- by the Constitution to investigate abuses, particularly by the state. So sa drug war report nila na sa product of years of investigation, sa mga kaso na hinandol nila, una ay nakita nila na among all the cases that they investigated, una ay may intent to kill talaga yung mga police sa kanilang operation based on sa mga injuries na nakuha ng mga biktima na, na autopsy na CHR. Pangalawa is, I think which is importante sa ating next question is yung mismong CHR na nakamandato sa batas na mag-investiga sila at despite all the promises of the government that they will let CHR do its job, ay patuloy pa rin ito silang dinideny ng entry to the drug war panel, binibigyan sila ng, hindi sila binibigyan ng access to the drug war documents na very important, very crucial sa kanilang documents. So what did they do? Naggawa sila ng iwat ibang paraan. Minsan nag-picture lang ng mga blotter, nang ihingi sa mga media minsan, or minsan ay talagang may mga kaso na hindi natutuloy dahil wala silang dokumento na pangahawakan. So, yun yung parang konteksyon na dapat natin paggalawan pasok sa administrasyon na to. So, Lian, inevitably talaga mapapasa talaga sa next admin yung mga issue na to. Can you tell us ano bang stand so far ng President Adeka si Marcos tungkol dito? Are there hints on how he will handle this issue? Can you expect at least positive things? Doon sa drug war campaign, he has expressed intent to continue it. But he had said before na um, he will tweak it talaga. Para sa kanya daw, there should be more focus on the health issue, that addiction is a health issue. Parang prevention na hindi ka talaga maging addict or hindi mo kakailanganin dumipende sa substance. And then he said that President-elect Marcos has said during the campaign that he would focus more on big-time drug dealers rather than small-time peddlers. I'm sure that's a welcome remark to the human rights community. What wasn't a welcome remark to the human rights community is his stance on the ICC. His stance on the ICC is similar as President Duterte's. He said before na kung papapasukin niya man ang mga ICC investigators dito sa Pilipinas, yun ay bilang turista lamang. I had a chance to interview his incoming Justice Secretary, Congressman Boying Remulia, and sabi niya sa akin, he doesn't strike me as the Duterte kind of hostility towards international courts and international systems. He strikes me as someone who respects or even, alam mo yun, yung respects and upholds international systems. Pero, ang vibe ko sa kanya, ang na-feel ko sa kanya is he is on the side of proving to the ICC that domestic systems are working here. 
I think that's his line. He doesn't see the ICC as enemies. He doesn't see the ICC as, you know, foreign na invasion of sovereignty. But he will invoke, as all lawyers would, he would find a way out of it, the legal way out of it, which is that to prove that the domestic systems are working here. And so I told him, Paano yun, sir, ang daming cases na hindi nagpo-progress? And he told me parang, baka naman yung delay ay galing sa mga side ng mga biktima. Baka the postponements are on the side of the victims. And I told him, how can it be on the side of the victim when they weren't even filed? You know, alam natin, nakakausap natin ng mga abogado, mga NGO, mga pare, mga madre, mga... Even victims themselves, they've never even once been approached by PNP or DOJ, di ba? And when their cases are taken up by these NGOs, di rin naman sila makalapit. So I was telling him that hindi nga nafafile eh. And he said na baka naman kasi nag-iingat lang yung mga investigators. They don't wanna go to court empty-handed na wala silang ebidensya. Siguro ang follow-up dun, bakit wala silang ebidensya, di ba? One of the opinions of the human rights lawyers we've talked to is when a dead body drops, kapag may namatay na tao, ibig sabihin may corpus delicti ka, may patay na tao eh. At may pumatay, we know, 7,000, more than 7,000. They were killed by the police. The defense, nanlaban. Anong sabi ng mga abogado? Nanlaban is a defense. You need to prove that in court. Lahat ng katawang babagsak na patay. All this should have automatically went straight to trial. Police officers should have went on the witness stand to defend na nanlaban yung tao. Hindi yung kinalimutan natin at tinanggap natin, hook, line, and sinker na nanlaban. Dapat yun dumaan sa husgado, it should have been the judge who said, okay, nanlaban siya. And I think yun yung tututukan natin uh, for the six years of President-elect Marcos. But that's so far the pronouncement and the vibe I'm getting from Congressman and incoming Justice Secretary Boying Remulla. Oh, sorry. Um, I forgot. Kaka-publish lang natin kanina. He did say, though, that there... He sees some red flags in the way that the war on drugs have been conducted. Tinanong ko, sir, ano yung red flag? Yun ba yung nanlaban? Sabi niya, hindi naman. And I quote, hindi naman marami yun. There's really a pattern to it. Pattern. He also said the phrase, the conduct and method have always been the issue. And that's interesting for him to say because the ICC investigation is interested in a pattern. Hindi interesado ang ICC sa isa-isang kaso. Interesado sila sa sistema. Was it a policy? Was it systemic? Was there a pattern? If the ICC is interested in that, I think they would be interested that the Justice Secretary is also interested in that. So, yun yung titignan natin. And regarding the pattern, no, kasi I remember reading yung documents na nilabas nung no, inalaw ng pre-trial chamber ang prosecutor na mag-investigate officially. Sabi nila na it seems na state policy ang killing sa Philippines kasi based on the patterns that they investigated the available information that they got. And it will be interesting how this will play out. So, Lian, related to the ICC, we have a question from one of our viewers. KM Reynaldo on Twitter asked you, are there any updates on the suspended ICC probe? And what are the possibilities for a class action lawsuit against the soon-to-be former President Duterte? The ICC is still on pause. Uh, the ICC investigation is still on pause. Naaalala natin, nagpa-defer ang Pilipinas. It's one of the clever ways that the government did this. So, when they submitted their deferral request by procedure, walang ibang pwedeng mangyari kundi i-defer talaga yun ng ICC. It was not a decision. It was a procedural action. So, deferred siya, pero yung bagong prosecutor, si Karim Khan, sinabi niya, na 
even though technically we are pausing this, we continue to study the information that we already have. And they have requested the government to submit proof that the domestic systems are working. I had the opportunity to ask Secretary Guevara. Hindi siya sure at the time that I asked him. I had a chance to ask also the former presidential legal counsel, Sal Panelo. He wasn't also sure at the time that I was asking him. This was during the campaign. But we have it on good authority from the human rights community that the deadline has lapsed, diba? Meron silang deadline, so I think government already submitted it. It's just a matter of the three of us knocking <laughs> on doors and knocking on windows yeah. to get that submission. Yeah, so that's this. This is an open call for our friends in the human rights community. Uh, uh, correct, correct. <laughs> Meron ba kayo jang kopya anong submission? <laughs> You know our Twitter accounts, you know our Correct. email accounts. You know, lang kami. Yeah, for that second question, Ian, what are the possibilities for a class action lawsuit against the former or the soon to be former President Duterte? You know, the progressive ranks, this has always been their style, diba? Hinabla nila si GMA right after stepping down from the presidency. There's also Bayan Muna who sued President Noynoy Aquino over DAP, and they were successful at that. They got an indictment. They got President Aquino to pay bail um, in Sandigan Bayan. Naalala ko nung, ano, 20, I think this was in 2018, sabi ng mga human rights lawyers in the progressive side, dati, hihintayin nilang bumaba sa pwesto ang presidente. Ngayon, hindi na nila hinihintay. The urgency called for them to institute actions against President Duterte while in power. But of course, it was hard to do that because of immunity. And that's why I think they were all eager to go to the ICC because there's no presidential immunity there. But I think knowing the progressive ranks, the human rights lawyers, I think this is expected. The cases against President Duterte is expected to come from them. It's just that ang hinihintay ko actually from them ay I would want to read their affidavits that would include something that would link to President Duterte. Baka meron silang makuha baka meron pa silang kinukuha hanggang ngayon because to pin down someone, you really need that link. But of course, syempre pag tinanong mo sila, sabihin nila, look at the pattern. And that's why they prefer the ICC, di ba? Yes. Uh, that's why they would prefer the ICC because that's a more ICC style to get the head of state for yes. something that the foot soldiers did on the ground. So for my next two questions, this is for the both of you, Lian and Rambo. First question is, what should the next administration prioritize when it comes to the drug war victims if it wants to give justice to the thousands of victims and their families? So let's start with Rambo. Ano yung pra-prioritize nila? Siguro... If I were the president, which is super unlikely, of course not. Sipangunokinangawin.ilang.isang.gilingkon.sabayan.unang.makailangawin.ay.makikinigka.kausapin.mo.sila.ano.bang.kanilang.problema.anong.kailangan.nila.kasi.ako.impossible.ng.kaya
makapangyarihan, taong nasa kataas-taasan, pero kailangang makita ng bagong pangulo na may mga tao, mga tao na botante, mga tao na mayroon dignidad na kailangan tulungan ng gobyerno na dahil ba ang isang tao ay relative o mga tao na malapit sa mga tao pinapaniwala ang mga drug users o drug lords o kung ano man, sila ba'y hindi nakarapat-dapat na bigyan ng hostisya? Dapat ba sila hindi napansinin? O ipapatupad ba niya talaga ang kanyang pangako na mayroong pagkakaisa, isang pagkakaisa na hindi naiiwan ang maliliit na tao? Ian? Yeah, I think a dialogue would be a good way to start confidence. Trust. Distrust with the DOJ has always been one of the obstacles. Diba? Bakit ka naman pupunta doon? Diba? Para bakit ka pupunta sa isang departamento or kagawaran na you felt protected the killers of your family members? So, there's a distrust there and you would understand also the DOJ having a difficulty. So, for the incoming government, you need to start working on building confidence and trust. Kasi kung yun ngang ang lack of witnesses is the problem, then make them come forward, diba? Give them all the incentives to come forward. And secondly, I'm sure thorny to na issue, hindi naman na sila yun eh. It's not their government anymore. Hayaan na nila yung ICC. If they claim that they want to also see justice and they want to find out the truth, ICC will never undermine the sovereignty of the Philippines. Just let the ICC probe. But of course, that's a tall order seeing that the vice president-elect is the daughter of the one that is that can potentially be the subject of investigation. And that's why exciting talaga yung tandem ni President-elect Marcos and ni Vice President-elect Sara Duterte because there are so many ties that would bind and yeah. would probably not bind them in the future. Yes. So for my last question, Ian and Rambo, given everything we've discussed about the situation in the Philippines, yung mga patayan na patuloy pa nangyayari, yung mga biktima na wala pa rin hustisya nakakamit, yung mga ginagawa ng gobyerno para pagtakpan yung ginagawa nila patayan, pagtakpan yung mga polis na mga na patuloy na pumapatay, at yung ginagawa nilang pagharang sa investigasyon ng mga sa CHR at iba pa mga independent bodies, anong sinasabi nito or what is the signal to the world, the situation in the Philippines? And lalo na ngayon na this is on top of the Philippines electing the son of a dictator. Let's start with Rambo. What does the signal to the world? Ano ba? Ang ano naman yan, Judes? Ang hirap ng mga tanong mo palagi. Ganyang ka naman. <laughs> <laughs> what is the signal to the world? This is what it looks like when someone who possesses immense power uses it and uses it with violence. Mga taong sikat na sikat. Si Pangulong Duterte, unprecedented yung popularity niya. At dito ako natatapot, Marcos's popularity is also unprecedented. Even more than Duterte. Duterte was elected with a mandate of 16 million votes and he got away with killings. Paano pa kaya ang isang Pangulong na may 31 million? We should watch out for this. The world should watch out for this. The president has he holds immense power napakamakapangyarihan niya at imagine mo si Duterte nangyari na si Kian de los Santos Carl Arnaiz nangyari ang patayan hanggang ngayon eviction ng mga taong namatayan wala man lang naiwang bakas sa kanyang kasikatan sa mga tao ganyan ang itsura ng ating bansa ngayon ano pa kay Marcos kaya ito'y hamon din kay Pangulong Marcos upong Pangulong Marcos saan niya gagamitin ang kanyang kapangyarihan na 31 million. Uulitin ba niya ang ginawa ni Duterte na ginamit niyang sandata 
ang batas, ginamit niyang paboritong sandata ang pambansang kapulisan. Lahat ng problema, ginagamit niya ang pulis. Drug war hanggang pandemya, pinakauna niyang ginagamit palagi ang pulis. Nagamitin din ba ni President Marcos? Hindi ko alam. Pero sigurado ako meron siyang kapangyarihan para gawin ito. Nagawa nga ng Pangulo na may 16 million votes. Paano pang may 31 million? At siguro trabaho natin para atingnan kung paano nga niya gagamitin ang napakalakas. Nakakapagbagong buhay, nakakakitil na buhay, nakapangyarihan. Lian? Hirap. This will be an indirect answer, not a signal to the world, but what Filipinos must accept. Kapag pinag-uusapan natin ang patayan dito sa Pilipinas at kung paano tayo tinitignan ng mundo, ang laging naratibo, favorite narrative, I think of a large part of the 31 million is bakit sinisiraan nyo ang Pilipinas? Bakit sinisiraan nyo ang kapwa natin Pilipino? Bakit tayo nagsisiraan? Bakit natin pinagmumukhang pangit ang Pilipinas sa mundo? I think what this should signal to the Filipinos is, kapag yung kapwa mo Pilipino pinatay, namamatay, should we really care about looking bad to the rest of the world? Or should we care more about raising a white flag and calling for help? Sending an SOS signal to the rest of the world to help us. Hindi kabawasan ng humingi ng tulong at hindi rin kabawasan na aminin na dito sa bayan ko, dumadanak ang dugo. Hindi yun kabawasan. Um, I think mas kabawasan sa pagiging isang Pilipino yung papanoorin mo yung kapwa mong Pilipinong pinatay at mas concerned ka pa sa image. This is no longer about image or optics or, diba, or even pride for that matter. This is about lives. This is about the life of a child, a life of a boy or a girl, or a mother or a father. Diba? Parang um, optics, image... Bakit sila importante kung buhay ang pinag-uusapan? Napakalalim ng sinabi ninyong dalawa sa pangkulo ninyong pahayag sa episode na to. Yung question of how the Marcos presidency will yield yung popularity nito. Pati na rin yung sinabi ni Lian. So maraming salamat Lian at Rambo for joining me today. Napakadami niyong iniwan na sagot na, na tanong. At marami rin kayo iniwan na tanong. Hindi lang para sa ating mga journalists, but sa mga Filipino in general. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and News Race sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapper Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I am Jules Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.